educating, empowering, and inspiring you to live healthier is our mission. So let's begin. Um, Then I discovered the fertility awareness method and it really changed my life and it informed my now career. Hey, health warriors. This is episode number 80 of the Life, Strength, and Health podcast. I'm Kim and I'm joined with Jamal. Greetings, everyone. And uh, peace and blessings. Yes. And thank you for joining us this week. In this episode, we will be discussing the fertility awareness method with Lisa Henderson Jack out of Canada. But before we dive into this week's episode, we just want to let you know that this show is sponsored by Life, Strength, and Health. And Life, Strength, and Health is our wellness center located in New Jersey. Yes, we help you to optimize your health and our area of specialty is in digestive system imbalances as well as detoxification. We do colon hydrotherapy as well as nutritional therapy and so many other things. And the unique thing about life strength and health is that we don't take a cookie cutter approach each individual is put on a plan to support their health journey and everyone's health journey is at a different place. So if you are in need of some assistance on taking your health to the next level, Life, Strength, and Health is the place to be. Right. And for more information or to schedule an appointment, just go to lifestrengthandhealth.com to learn more. And if you are not in the tri-state area, do not let distance or lack of time uh, stop you from working with us because we also work with you virtually. So just go to lifestrengthandhealth.com. Another great announcement or announcement I would like to share is that we recently have been added to Spotify. So to find Find us. Just click search and type life strength and health to find us or just go to life strength and health dot com slash Spotify to access our show directly. And one last announcement for our health warrior members. This Thursday, we will have our live monthly training on the Thursday at 7 p.m. No, at 6 p.m. I should say. And this training is going to be on transitioning into the spring and we will dive in deeper to our spring elemental detox. So make sure you join us at healthwarrior.co. And if you're not a member, you still have time to join us. If you go to healthwarrior.co, you can learn more about our membership. And it's all designed to help you to live a more natural and holistic lifestyle and to help you to reach your health goals. So just go to healthwarrior.co to learn more. So now we would like to segue into our organic food for thought. And this week's organic food for thought is on apple cider vinegar. Apple cider vinegar or ACV is made from apple cider that has undergone fermentation to form health promoting probiotics and enzymes, giving it significantly less sugar and fewer calories than apple cider or apple juice. Apple cider vinegar benefits have been well known for centuries. It's been shown to keep blood sugar in check, amp up weight loss, improve the appearance of acne and scarring, soothe sunburns, as well as give your gut a health boost. Some even suggest that apple cider vinegar cures cold symptoms and seasonal allergies, as well as acid reflux. With so many potential uses and a host of proven health benefits, this is a must-have item in your medicine cabinet. Absolutely. And what I will say is that, um, you know, when you really look up apple cider vinegar, you'll see a lot of miracle things that uh, it does. And it's not a medicine like 
like a pharmaceutical drug. So right. it's not like you're just going to, you know, pop a couple tablespoons of apple cider vinegar and all of these cures are going to happen. You have to take a holistic approach and you add apple cider vinegar to your healthy approach and then it's going to help to increase your overall health. Another thing is that um, you want to make sure that you're getting the real raw apple cider vinegar. It'll actually say raw on it. It will be unfiltered and it'll say with the mother. Right. And that is uh, the way that it lets you know that it's raw, has all of its enzymes and probiotics. If it doesn't say that it's raw and it doesn't say that it contains the mother, then most likely it's not raw and you're getting an inferior product. Yes. And Bragg's is probably the most uh, popular brand in terms of apple cider vinegar. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, a lot of companies now are starting to try to uh, make it raw. Uh, we saw a vitamin shop. They actually have a, a raw version of it now as well. Um, and uh, we've seen some others popping up. But uh, Bragg's, we know definitely it's pretty universal. You can get that anywhere. Yes. So now let's segue into this week's episode. And uh, as I mentioned, this episode is going to be on the fertility awareness method. And we will be discussing this in detail with Lisa Hendrickson Jack, who's from Canada. And this interview was so powerful. Um, I was we decided to split it up into three parts. So this is going to be part one of your interview. And it's going to be jam packed with so much powerful information. In this first part, we're going to be discussing with Lisa the fertility awareness method. And as I mentioned in the intro, Lisa is from Canada. And some of the things that we also discuss is how to use the fertility awareness method as a tool for wellness, birth control and pregnancy, the difference between a woman's period and her cycle, what is white flow and why is this so important, what birth control really does to a woman's body. We also dive into some common misconceptions about how women ovulate and about getting pregnant, some common misconceptions that are out there and so much more. So Jamal, before we dive in and before I read her bio, did you want to share anything about the episode? Well, yeah, you know, this is an, another international uh, guest that we're having from Canada. Our first Canadian was uh, Richard Campbell. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, we're, we're back uh, over to Canada Again, this was a really powerful show. Uh, you're going to get a lot out of this. Uh, it always amazes me. It amazes me when, you know, I went to, uh, to get my traditional, uh, schooling and we learned about health and wellness and we learned about the, the body. And with everything that, that you learn, you know, it's just so much, so many pieces of the puzzle that are left out that uh you don't get. Right. You know, but it's taught as if it's absolute as if you're getting the whole picture. Right. So it, it, it always amazes me when you just kind of learn a whole uh area of uh science and anatomy that uh you didn't even know existed, you know, and, and I think that uh it's gonna serve that purpose for a lot of people. You're gonna learn a lot. Uh, just about uh, women's anatomy and cycles and things like that. So I look forward to being able to uh, offer this show to you to check out. Right. It was a great find in terms for me as well. I'm just starting to utilize this method and I'm starting to learn more about it. Um, 
But like Jamal said, this is a powerful, powerful show. Make sure to share this with any woman that you know. If you know of a, a family with little girls, boys should know about this. Health um, educators, like this is just information that we have to keep sharing and get more uh, exposure for it because it's truly um, a powerful, powerful practice for women to really be uh, in tune with your bodies. And you'll, you'll learn more what I'm talking about after you listen to this first part. So before we dive into the show, I'm just going to read Lisa's bio. Lisa is a fertility awareness educator and a holistic reproductive health practitioner who has been charting her own menstrual cycles using the fertility awareness method for the past 15 years. She is passionate about helping women to develop body literacy by understanding their natural cycles. After struggling with excessively heavy and painful periods for years, Lisa discovered the connection between health and fertility firsthand. Her personal experience of overcoming a Hashimoto's diagnosis and uterine fibroids has influenced her practice immensely. Lisa created her weekly radio show, the Fertility Friday podcast, to connect women with a deeper understanding of how fertility and overall health are connected and intertwined with their menstrual cycle health. The number one response from her listeners is always, why didn't anyone teach us this stuff when we were growing up? Her mission is to share the message of body literacy with as many women as possible. Each week, she conducts in-depth interviews with professionals who specialize in helping women to restore their fertility naturally. You can learn more by heading over to her website at fertilityfriday.com. So without further ado, let's dive into the interview. Hey, Health Warriors, Kim and Jamal here. And today we have a special guest. Today we are joined by Lisa Hendricks and Jack. Hi, Lisa. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, Lisa. Happy to have you on. Yeah, I'm super excited to share the topic of this podcast, uh, the fertility awareness method. Um, I just became aware of it not too long ago. And Jamal, you actually told me a little bit about it right before. Yeah, I had heard about it. Um, I think I had stumbled across your work through um, Western Price organization. I think they had some links there that had led me to to you. Somehow I, I got there from from them and uh, that's how this kind of began. And I, I'll say this right now, um, Kim is, you know, going through your, your work and reading your book. And I haven't uh, had the opportunity to read it, but we talk all the time and, and she shares what she's learning and we have good discussion about it. And I've already recommended your book to, to quite a few of, of our clients already. Well, it was her, the book list. Yeah, the book, yeah, the book, book list. list. Yeah. 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 Yes, yeah. 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 I just yeah. put that up. That's That's really neat. Yeah, that's so helpful because there's so many books and information out there. So to go to a trusted source that takes like the guesswork out. Right. Yeah. So before we dive into actually what the fertility awareness method is um, for people just learning about you for the first time, can you take about five minutes and tell them who you are? Um, Absolutely. So I am a fertility awareness educator and it's interesting how this all came about. And I'm also um, the host of the Fertility Friday podcast. And so the way this all came about is I feel like I had a really unique experience growing up as a young woman, because 
you know, a lot of women, when they're ready to become sexually active and start that part of their life, they're going on hormonal birth control. Mm. And in my case, I was going off. (laughs) Uh, So I was put on hormonal birth control when I was about 16-ish, 15, 16. And yeah, which is compared to how early uh, women are being put on, on it today. It's not even that bad, but the reason I was put on it is because I had extremely heavy and painful periods, and I was very athletic. I was very active, and so it was, you know, crap in my style. I was playing basketball. I was doing track, and I didn't really know how would I, right? I was a young teenager, so I didn't know how to manage it, and so my doctor put me on the pill, Uh, but you know, I wasn't very consistent with it. I wasn't taking it to avoid pregnancy, so I never took it at the same time. You know, I, I wasn't very consistent, and whenever I would go off of it for a little while, my periods would always come back just as heavy and just as painful as they were before. So I had this very clear understanding from a young age that it wasn't actually fixing the problem. Mm-hmm. And so when I was, when I needed birth control, when I did become sexually active and I was looking for birth control, I literally felt that I couldn't trust the pill because I had never taken it at the right time. And I felt like I would, I wouldn't know if I was pregnant. I felt like uh, I just couldn't trust it. So I feel yeah. like I had this unique experience. So then, and then I also had this thought, which was, well, if I can't ever trust the pill, then I'm always going to be using condoms. And if I'm always using condoms, why would I go on the pill anyways? Right, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I decided, I was like, okay, so I'll use condoms. And then, um, then I discovered the fertility awareness method and it really changed my life and it informed my now career. And so uh, what I learned was that there are only a few days of your cycle when you're actually able to get pregnant. Now that's contrary to everything that I was taught growing up. Yeah. Right. I remember sitting in that class and being told that there were no safe days and you can get pregnant on every single day of your cycle. And I'm sure that uh, you were also taught that. Absolutely. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so what happened was uh, in my very early 20s, I was about 18 or 19, somewhere in there. I actually began using the fertility awareness method uh, in combination with barriers, with condoms to avoid pregnancy. And I am now 35 and that has been my primary method of birth control throughout relationships, throughout life. And I now have two children. And so over the course of the last 16 or so years, other than the, the you know, six months, if you collectively add the, the, the months that my husband and I were trying to conceive, I've used this method actively for birth control. And it's been extremely effective for me. So the reason that I decided to, but this wasn't always my career. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the reason that I decided to start my podcast and really start making a lot of fuss about the fertility awareness method is because when I got a, about to age 30 and I started having my, having my kids and my friends were having kids, I realized that there's basically nobody that I know outside of my little fertility awareness bubble who does know anything about their cycle, who could tell you when they're ovulating, who understands how it all works. And there's so many women that I saw around me struggling with fertility challenges. And even just the most basic understanding of when they could get pregnant in their their cycles, you know, no one knows that. So I felt an obligation to share that. And that's why I started my podcast. And then it, uh, through that process of starting my podcast and really connecting with women, I've actually, it's transitioned into my, my full-time career. (laughs) Um, And it it really starts with that passion of sharing this knowledge with women, because as women, we have the right to know how our body works. Right. Yes. And uh, that, that is great. And it it seems like uh, your work is, is so much more than that. 
uh, because when I when we really look at what's going on in regards to uh, fertility and infertility, there's right. there's there's a whole lot going on. We get so many clients that that come into the office that are are having challenges uh, conceiving, and um, you know the traditional ways of of dealing with that are so kind of like anti-natural, you know, right away, you know, they're, they're looking deeper and, you know, trying to get them on, like you said, more, more hormones and already considering, you know, surgeries and implants and so many different types of things in regards to fertility. So in, in your opinion, like what was going on in our country as far as that's concerned? Well, that is a really big question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, I think it starts kind of with that fundamental difference in ideology. So when, so for me, when I'm working with a woman who's trying to conceive, the first thing that we try to do is try to understand what's happening in her body. So the, the, the basic essential, you know, the fundamentals about the fertility awareness method and just the concept in general, the first thing that we have to understand is that uh, it's, it's basically an understanding of the woman's body and the woman's cycle. And so knowing that there is a time in her cycle where she can conceive, knowing why and knowing how to identify that, that's kind of the fundamental basis. So for anyone who's not familiar with the fertility awareness method, there's three main signs that we are looking at. One is cervical mucus observations. Another is basal body temperature. And then the third is cervical position. So a lot of women have interacted with their cervical mucus, but maybe didn't know. So for women who... um, Maybe they find themselves in the doctor's office every month because they think they have an infection, but the test always comes up clear because they are having this discharge. Mm-hmm. Um, and another example is if a woman, you know, you're sure that you've had your period because you feel this wetness. Uh, and then when you go to the bathroom, there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. So it starts with the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. So when you have cervical mucus, your your cervix produces mucus as you approach ovulation, and this is in response to hormones. So as you approach ovulation and as your ovaries are, uh, the eggs are maturing in there and they're getting ready to ovulate, they're also producing estrogen. And estrogen has this impact on your body where it stimulates your cervix to produce this, this mucus. And so if anyone's ever uh, paid attention to it, it actually it can look kind of like creamy white hand lotion. Mm-hmm. It can also look kind of like raw egg whites. Uh, and then when you're wiping, you might feel a, a really slippery sense. Like I always joke, it's like your hand hits the back of the toilet when you wipe yourself <laughs> and the tissue's kind of wet. So if you ever have any kind of combination of those signs, then you know you're in your fertile window. So bringing it back to the question, when I'm working with a woman who is trying to conceive, the very first aspect of it is, okay, understanding that how her cycle works, letting her know that there is only a certain period of time in her cycle when she can conceive and that's because of the mucus and the reason for that is because it's the mucus that keeps the sperm alive for up to five days so you know if you've ever heard you know sperm can live in your body for five days it's only when you have mucus because the mucus is the right ph it's like you know how um when a man ejaculates it's um the they ejaculate the semen so Mm -hmm. we have our our version of that so one of the women who I interviewed on my show called it white flow. And she mm-hmm. says men have white flow and women have white flow. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like that, like the semen has a, a, a pH that's suitable for sperm. And so, so, so does our mucus and it kind of mm-hmm. meets. And anyways, so yeah. that's the fundamental. So if you understand that, but it goes deeper because then if you know what a normal cycle looks like and you know what a normal kind of healthy 
profile of a woman who is healthy based on her menstrual cycle, then if there's something that's off about that, that can inform us. It can give us information. So one of the key points about the fertility awareness method is that your menstrual cycle, it's a vital sign. So your menstrual cycle changes in response to what's happening in your life, in your environment, with your health. And so we, the, the, the kind of the difference between a natural perspective and like the common kind of medical perspective Mm -hmm. is that the medical perspective just assumes that there's something wrong with you and you can't, your body can't do it. So we're not going to ask why you can't, you're not ovulating. We're not going to ask why you're miscarrying. We're just going to give you a drug that makes you ovulate. Right. Right. Um, If you're not getting pregnant, we're not going to ask why you're not getting pregnant. We're just going to um, fertilize the egg ourselves and then put it in your uterus. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, whereas if you're looking at the menstrual cycle and you can, you know, what's normal and what's not, and you can see signs of hormonal imbalances, you can see signs of potential thyroid dysfunction or other types of issues with the a woman's menstrual cycle. Then instead of assuming that there's something wrong, you can say, well, this is a sign of an underlying issue. So if we can f- figure out what the underlying issue is, then we can support her body to do this because we're coming from the fundamental belief that your body is capable of doing this. It's a really long way of answering your question. Right. But it goes back to taking more of a holistic approach instead of just treating symptoms, you're finding the root. Yeah. It's it's interesting because, you know, when we kind of look at the, uh, the medical approach versus the, the natural approach, it doesn't matter where you apply it, whether it's with, you know, your, health in regards to your cardiovascular health, your fertility, uh, you know, in, in the area of dental, like they, they go about it the same exact way. Um, and, and they're getting a, the, the same results in a sense across the board. So I do have a question in, uh, some of the things that you were saying, which was, you laid it out great. Mm-hmm. Um, so with women, when, when they are experiencing these things that their body is naturally supposed to do, uh, with, you know, with mucus and things like that, that they're experiencing and seeing, um, do you see often that they, being that they don't understand their body in that way, that they see that as a problem? And and they, you know, they treat it as, as, as a problem. And then medically, are they treating that as as if it was a problem when the body is just doing what it's naturally supposed to do? Well, that's such a great question, because <laughs> as I hear you say that, I, I think of all the different layers of it. So mm-hmm. to answer your question in a very literal sense, yes, because of a misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. So in you know medical school, from my understanding of interviewing doctors and asking them what they learned in medical school, um, discharge, quote unquote, is associated with infection. Right. right. And yeah. so there are a lot of women that have gone to the doctor and they're having their normal um, cervical mucus production during their fertile window. And they're basically put on antibiotics. <laughs> Yes. If if the doctor doesn't do a test, right? So, so yes, there is definitely some of that. And part of it comes from a misunderstanding. So uh, as fertility awareness educators, I think we're united at least in in one point, which is that women should be taught, women and men should be taught about mucus. So we're taught about our periods. Periods are a lot more obvious and messy, (laughs) um, right? And really we're taught about it as a public service announcement because in schools, they don't want girls bleeding all over the place. So really what we're taught is like, make sure to not bleed all over the place. (laughs) That's it, right? That's the extent of the information. But we're not taught about this other white flow, as I mentioned before, we're not taught about cervical mucus um, 
and think about how different that would be. So as a young woman, when you get your period, it is a surprise. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Even if you knew it was coming, it's still a surprise. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) like you knew it was coming at some point, but it's still that day. You're like, oh my gosh. Right. And for some women who start uh, their periods at a, very, at a much younger age, it can be actually a bit traumatizing, mm. especially if they're quite young. Um, I hear that from women who started menstruating, you know, when they were 10. Mm. Um, but imagine, so imagine if someone talked to you about cervical mucus and how cervical mucus is produced in your fertile window. And then after ovulation, about two weeks later, you can expect your period. So then if you know that, and you know that you're around that age and all your friends are starting to get their periods, And you're taught that you can pay attention to that. So when you go to the bathroom, you wipe and you kind of look at the tissue and see if anything's there. Then lo and behold, your first ovulation that results in, you know, your months before your month, before your first period, you could actually know ahead of time because you would see this clear, stretchy stuff coming out of your vagina that you've never seen before. Um, And lo and behold, two weeks later, you get your period. You know, like this is the basic stuff. We learn a lot of information. We learn a lot about biology. I remember learning about my ears and my eyes and Russia and stuff. And like, you think I, I, I haven't been to Russia and I, I, you know, Russia, I'm sure it's really great. I haven't been yeah. to China. I learned a lot about China, but right. you know, I live in my body. Right. right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I should be learning about that. Right. Yeah. We, we say that all the time, you know, people don't understand. We're not really taught about, overall taught about our, our actual bodies and how it really works and how to understand it. So this is this is really powerful stuff. It's a great way to be in tune with your body. Yeah. So many women were so out of touch, you know what I mean, with our bodies. So this is so, this is so amazing. And and I like the way that you put it. Um I know someone else kind of probably coined it, but just the you, you called it the the white flow. Is that what you said? The the white yeah. flow. So there's a naturopath here in Canada, um, mm-hmm. here in Toronto, actually. She lives in the same city as me, and her name is Nora Pope. And it was her that I first heard refer to it as white flow. Mm-hmm. And it's just, we think of the red flow, the, the, the menstruation, but not the white flow. And the white flow is equally as important as yeah. the red flow. Yeah, so I definitely want to spend some time kind of talking about the white flow. Um, so with that, with the white flow, how long does that normally last when, when women begin to, to see that? Well, so it, it, it depends. It varies. It varies mm-hmm. on a, um, it varies by age. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it also varies on by stage. So, uh, but typically, generally speaking, um, a typical fertile window in terms of the mucus production will last an average of say five or six days. And, um, so when a woman is younger, when she's in her early twenties, you know, her body's all young and youthful. And um, so cervical mucus is produced inside the cervix in these little folds. So for anyone who doesn't know what the cervix is, it's the, it's a, it's a part of your uterus. So it's the end of your uterus. And that's uh, when a woman gives birth, the baby comes out of the cervix. So inside the cervix, the cervix is the entry to the uterus then. And inside the cervix, there are these little folds of skin called cervical crypts that produce cervical mucus and there's different types of crypts that produce different types of mucus like it's really interesting Mm -hmm. and so when a woman is younger she actually has more of the crypts that produce the clear stretchy mucus so in your early 20s you may find that you have more like a week or eight days of mucus or something like that as we get older there's a natural aging process that takes place so by the time a woman's in her late 30s and early 40s she may only have say an average of three two or three days of cervical mucus. Um, now, there's a few things that can interfere with your normal 
cervical mucus production. So if you think about it, if cervical mucus is what makes you um, fertile and allows you to get pregnant, then when you're on uh, hormonal birth control, for example, one of the ways that it has to work is in order to prevent you to get pregnant is by preventing you from producing that mucus. Mm-hmm. And that's actually what it does. So there's, you know, hormonal birth control works depending on the type, but they work in three main ways. Um, one, they interfere with ovulation. Two, they make it so that your uterus is not receptive to implantation. And so they do that by uh, they prevent your body from producing your normal hormone levels. And so when you're not producing your normal ho- hormone levels, you're not, your uterine lining isn't going to grow as thick. And so, so that's the second way. And then the third way is that it stops the production of this cervical mucus that we're talking about. So, um, so when a woman has been on hormonal birth control for say, you know, a long term, like two years, five years, 10 years, 15 years, whatever, uh, when she comes off, she may find that she is producing less mucus than she would have. Uh, and that's because since you're not producing it, there's, there's been evidence to show that uh, long term birth control use kind of ages your cervix a little bit. So it kind of speeds up that natural aging process. It's, it's not, I don't, I don't say that to, to, you know, to, to be, I don't, I, you know, I don't want people to hear that and think like, oh my goodness, I won't be able to have kids. That's not what I'm saying. But yeah. usually you may, like, I've seen it a lot where some women come off of it and they have a suppressed production of mucus for a little, for a little while while their body recovers. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, so we, we have, cause we're, I'm, we talk about cycles and we teach our clients about cycles and things like that. So you went through kind of two cycles. So you have the, the, the red flow, which is a cycle. And then you have the white flow, which is a cycle. Are there other cycles that, uh, you know, women go through that they're not usually taught about in, in regards to uh, those type of flows? Well, you can think of, I mean, the whole menstrual cycle, you can think of that as kind of that foundational cycle. Mm-hmm. And so typically when we think of, when, even when a woman talks about her cycle, she's usually referring to her period. Yes. And that's because other than the period, we're not really taught that anything else is going on <laughs> right. um, during the rest of the whole, you know, um, the period of time. So your menstrual cycle, the first day of the menstrual cycle is day one of your period. Um, and then the whole like up until the day before your next one that's the whole cycle and so I mean there's a lot of different things that are happening there both physiologically and emotionally so um you know the to take you through the cycle so the first day your cycle is when you start menstruating and so that marks the beginning um obviously means that you're not pregnant and then it uh, so your uterine lining is shedding and the whole process of this is essentially preparing for a baby that's the whole point of this um in many ways obviously it's not the only thing. And I think that's the other thing that's important is that even if a woman never plans to have a baby, it is still important for her to have a healthy menstrual cycle because as women, our menstrual cycles are a part of us. Mm-hmm. It's not like a sold separately batteries, not included. <laughs> like it's, it's actually a part of us. And when you mess with it, it actually affects more than just our ability to have children. I think that's one of the, the key messages as well. So from a physiological standpoint, you know, you have your period and then uh, what happens is at the very beginning of your cycle, that's when the eggs start developing in the ovaries and start preparing for ovulation. So the very first part of the cycle is is basically that, you know, the eggs are developing, we're preparing for ovulation, and there's these hormonal changes. So before ovulation, we're going to have higher levels of estrogen. And so from a physiological standpoint, that's what helps our uterine lining to regrow. So it's kind of like we started from scratch, and now the uterine lining is growing back again. Uh, 
like I mentioned, the, the eggs are developing and we have cervical mucus being produced. And so we have these, all these different changes that are taking place. And from, from more of a kind of emotional standpoint, if you think about what the, the metaphor would be, you know, your, the eggs are growing, we're about to ovulate, like that's a very creative <laughs> thing that's happening. Yeah. So many women may find that they feel, uh, you know, just a sense of creativity or a sense of energy, you know, more energy or kind of just that, that sense of um, during that part of their cycle, maybe they're, they feel a little bit more outgoing and they have good energy and they've got all that estrogen. And so some women may even find that they're glowing. And it's interesting because there's scientific studies that have been done on how men react to women at different parts of their cycle. And so this actually scientific, yeah, it's really interesting. (laughs) I didn't expect there to be so much of the research. I kind of thought, Oh, you know, when people talk about this stuff, but there's a lot of research. And so um, when a woman is in that time, men are more likely to be attracted to them, more likely to like the sound of their voice. (laughs) Yeah, there was this one study that's so interesting because they actually measured it based on, so they took women who were, they worked as dancers, so basically a strip club. So this is a real thing. It's actual Mm -hmm. scientific research. (laughs) But anyway, so they took women and they had a group of women who weren't, like they had their natural cycles. And then they took a group of women who, who were on hormonal birth control. And what they did was they measured their tips throughout their cycles. And so the women who had their natural cycles, they made more money around their fertile window. Wow. And, and then they didn't make as much money when they were on their period. But mm. then, um, and then the, the women who were on hormonal birth control made about the same. There was mm. no like change. Right. But overall, yeah. they made more money. <laughs> so they had they call it a competitive advantage or anyway so <laughs> so just to kind of like go down the rabbit hole a little bit but yeah so yeah. a lot of women will find that um they may feel a bit different during that phase if they're paying attention and you may find that you know obviously men or your partner or whoever interact differently with you around that time so then that brings us to ovulation so that in a healthy cycle that's typically going to happen like some point mid-cycle but it does not always happen on day 14 so that's most women don't ovulate on day 14 some or all of the time (laughs) so I'll just say that um it's just it's just not a real thing I I look at the charts of all my clients all that stuff and it's very rare to actually have ovulation on day 14 and if you do it's not going to happen like every single time Mm -hmm. so then after ovulation we enter into a different phase so you know we had all this estrogen now we ovulated so what happens in the second phase is we're producing progesterone and progesterone has different roles so estrogen made the cervical mucus kind of flow progesterone dries it up because now we don't need it because we're the ovulation has already happened. So we don't need to have that anymore. Mm-hmm. So this is a part of the cycle where you can't get pregnant because, <laughs> you know, ovulation right. already happened. Yeah, um, right. There's changes that happen in the cervix. The cervix closes, it changes position. Um, a woman's temperature goes up. Uh, it, it, there's a very interesting relationship between progesterone and um, your your metabolism, so your basal metabolic rate. And so when you hear women talking about taking their temperature, this is what it is. You know, you take your temperature every morning before you get out of bed. And after ovulation, you'll see a spike. If you if you record the temperatures, now there's all these apps and different things you can do that in. Uh, there's, a, there's a measurable, obvious difference in temperature post-ovulation. So then from a, a kind of an emotional standpoint, then 
um, many women find, as we know, going into the premenstrual phase. <laughs> so <laughs> the week, specifically the week before your period, it kind of shifts a little bit. But uh, for many women, they may feel a bit less energetic, a bit less outgoing. Maybe they feel um, like they need a little bit more rest or, um, but obviously in our culture, we're taught that there's something wrong with you. <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. So to kind of that, going back to your question about like what cycles are we not taught about that could affect, you know, our lives and things like that. This is one of them because it is very natural and normal for women to have different emotions cyclically and to, to have different energy. It doesn't mean you can't function in society. Like we're not talking about that, but it just right. means honoring that there are different phases. And, and as I get older, um, and as you know, having as a woman who has cycled for the past 16, 17 years, as you get older, you kind of care less about trying to be something for everybody. If I feel if I know I feel tired around this time, I'm going to take a little bit more time for myself. I'm just going to do that because obviously that's what my body needs. Yes. Um, and then I guess the caveat is that you're not supposed to want to, you know, you're not supposed to have serious thoughts of depression and suicide and like it's it, there's a limit to what we would consider to be normal mm-hmm. but we don't want to pathologize the fact that you have an emotional shift <laughs> right yes so oh yeah I'm, I'm going on and on but like this is to take you through that cycle so that you can get that sense of like there's physiological changes there's emotional changes but this is a normal and natural part of being a woman yeah, you know, you just uh, really unpacked some serious things there. Right. That was yeah. that was incredible, actually. Uh, and you raised a, a couple of things that I want to dive into a bit, and that's just the um, importance of women having that cycle. Because you're right, a lot of times, if of uh, getting pregnant is not the concern, you see that women don't um, really understand or, or care to really. Um, work with their cycles to have periods and things like that, because we get a lot of clients that, you know, they don't think it's a concern because they're not interested in having children. But just what you laid out as far as like um, emotions and just your interaction with your mate and all of those things is just, uh, you know, powerful things. So um, I think that it's important to highlight that it is important to go through those things. So that is the conclusion of part one with our interview with Lisa Hendrickson Jack discussing the fertility awareness method. Stay tuned next week for part two of the interview where we dive even deeper and we start to discuss um, birth control and what it actually does to a woman's body and how to use the fertility awareness method um, in order to empower yourself as women and to learn if there's any imbalances going on. And we discuss so much more. So to access the show notes pages for this episode, just go to lifestrengthandhealth.com forward slash eight zero to get access to this show. And um, there's some links in terms of going to or visiting Lisa's website, more information about her podcast and so much more. And also health warriors, do not forget about this Thursday's live training where we dive into how to properly transition into the spring and we dive into the spring elemental detox. Okay, so thank you for listening. Please share this podcast with anyone you think it would benefit. And until next time, live healthier. We want to say thank you for listening to the show and for access to the show notes pages, more podcast episodes, blog content, as well as more information about our center, Life, Strength and Health, then just visit us at lifestrengthandhealth.com. Until next time, live healthier.